Racing Nation with James O'Shea. Well, we are back for 2024, our first podcast with the punting baron as we take a look at racing in Melbourne. We'll do that again for you this year. I know a very popular segment amongst our listeners. Quite a bit of demand of where the baron's gone. Thought he might have disappeared over Christmas or what had happened. But he is back, and I'm happy to say welcome back, Shane Matthews. How are you? Very good, James. How are you, mate? Yes, you are back. As I said, people have been wondering what happened to you, or us. <laughs> uh, given the way I've been going on the punt, they might be pretty happy they didn't lose anything <laughs> over the last month. So um, I think we were speaking off air. I'm I'm actually blaming you for the lean run that I'm having because right. you've can you you said you're going on a you know a summer sojourn or whatever you know a summer <laughs> siesta during right. January. Um, so I think. Because we actually record generally on a Thursday morning, we're quite heavily focused. We get into it on Wednesday night, the form, and all ready for Thursday. And I reckon, I don't know what it is, but something's happened in the last month because I haven't been able to get near it. Uh, so the good news is that we're back. Hopefully that's a sign that things uh, are going to turn around because January is a pretty tough month. But uh, yes, it is very good to be back, and it's a good time to be back because there's some great racing coming up over the next... Uh, couple of months so we're just speaking off air pretty much after this weekend it's uh, back to back mm. group ones on Saturdays in um, Victoria so uh, looking forward to that and obviously looking forward to another big year and uh, hopefully finding the punters plenty of winners. Yeah, well let's see if we can do that we kick off the month of February at Caulfield so is the meeting is the venue 10 races on the program track wise conditions wise weather wise what's your anticipation? Uh, yeah, we're pretty dry in Victoria at the moment. There's not much, uh, no rain at all forecast over the next uh, few days and there hasn't been much at all this week. So uh, the rail moves out to the nine-metre position or obviously come back to the true uh, for all stakes day next week, the first group one of the calendar year. Uh, so nine metres, you probably start to see a few of those middle lanes come into play, but... Not expecting any real significant buys. There's quite a few, it's a bit of a mixture. There's a few small fields, a few larger fields. Uh, but yeah, not expecting, I'm not expecting there to be too much bias. I think uh, the best horses will be winning and those dry conditions uh, certainly generally play towards a pretty fair track. Uh, so yeah, not anticipating any particular bias on Saturday. All right, well, let's see if we can find a few winners on the program. As always, you can subscribe to thepuntingbaron.com.au, the best value, the best results you'll find on the market. We'll tell you how you can subscribe at the end of the segment. But as always, each week, uh, we pick the eyes out of the best of the best to go through on the program. So hopefully a few winners here. We're going to look at races 1, 7 and 10. So we'll go on race book order, race number 1 of the day, the McCafe Handicap. It's a benchmark 70. This one is over the 1,200 metres for the three-year-old fillies. Yeah, and again, small field, as mentioned a little earlier. There's a few of those on the program, but quite an interesting race. Uh, there's a couple of handy ones going around in this. Uh, yeah, not sure if uh, the price assessors, not sure if they had the work experience uh, crew on uh, on Wednesday because they put up around 7 to $8 about number four excommunicado, and I can... Guarantee you that's uh, long gone now. Uh, this filly, she's into around the 460, 480 mark. That's uh, seven, eight dollars. Certainly looked pretty juicy yesterday afternoon. Uh, she debuted at Mornington as a dollar forty favourite and won pretty comfortably. It was only a one-length victory, but certainly looked to have 
plenty in the, plenty in store. Since then, she's had a jump out between runs. Uh, she looks a pretty smart filly. The market certainly suggested that on debut. I thought she did enough, um, and I think this looks a lovely race for her to come to town on. A uh, few of these in this race are off-speed runners, so uh, she looks likely to get complete control from the front. Luke Curry's been riding in sensational form since coming back from Hong Kong. Uh, I think just having a look at his recent stats, there's nine winners from his past 50 runners, but I think of those, there's about another... 25 of those that have finished in the first four. So he's certainly giving his horses every chance. He seems to be building quite a relationship with the Freedman camp. Look, I think from gate three, jumps on the bunny on this filly. Uh, first year to the track. I think she's going to be pretty hard to run down. The market has been quite keen on number one loss, uh, who comes down from Sydney, has trialled well. But fancy excommunicado is probably going to be in front of her in the run. And I think from that position at the better price, she's going to be very hard to run down. So... Well done to all those that found the seven eight dollars. I think that was a bit of a gift, uh, and I think she's going to be pretty hard to beat in the first race one number four excommunicado. Excommunicado to get the job done. Race one of the day. Let's go down the page. Race number seven. Sports bet the feed handicap. This one over eighteen hundred metres. It is a benchmark seventy eight. Bigger field to go around here. Yeah, and look, this is completely honest. I think we, again we we're speaking off air with the ten races at this time of year. There's a few races that. Yeah, they seem to be really just trying to fill up the program to get to 10 races. This isn't an overly strong race. Uh, it's probably, you know, a midweek standard type race, but there's probably two horses in the race who look very much on an upward spiral and have a, you know, have that room for a bit of potential. And their number, their numbers seven and 10, Star Vega and Move Felix. Uh, we'll start with number seven, Star Vega, another for Luke Curry and the Freeman camp. So we're sticking with that popular combination. He's looked outstanding at his last two wins. So he was a bit unlucky at Flemington on New Year's Day. He just didn't... He got held up. He never really got a clear crack at them. Uh, he then got to Sandown Hillside, settled back, peeled wide, dominant winner over the 1800, and then over the same track and distance uh, was a dominant winner again coming from off the speed. It, these horses over these longer staying trips that can show a good turn of foot, they're pretty priceless, and... Uh, that's what this horse is showing, Star Vega. He's, you know, last start he was held up for a bit at the top of the straight, but when he got clear, he really picked them up quickly and put them to bed. Uh, he stays at the 1800. The challenge for him here is he has to do it around a tighter circuit at Caulfield, uh, as opposed to Sandown Hillside. So that, that's the slight little question mark. Uh, he's going mm. to be written in the same manner. He's going to, he's going to go back from that wider draw, but, Providing he can blend into the race at the right time. And I don't think it's going to be a field that stretches out too much. It doesn't look to be a lot of uh, speed in the race. So fancy that might actually help him because I think he will be able to blend into the race and not be that far off them. And if he's got that turn of foot in the locker and he's close enough to them, uh, if he shows what he has at his last two starts, I think he can get over the top of them. Number seven, Star Vega. Number 10, Move for Lex is just a completely different... You know, out of you know the different form reference, uh, we saw him quite competitive around Torrenzino um, over longer trips. Last preparation as a three-year-old, um, two preparations ago, sorry, he comes back as a gelding here, having had one run on Cranbourne Cup Day in November, where he actually led the field up over fifteen hundred. Was only beaten two and a half lengths by Jimmy Starr, who we see going around in the last race. We'll talk about that shortly. There's a bit of a boom on that horse. Uh, he's had. 
typical Paddy Payne style. He's had 9,833 trials and jump outs <laughs> leading into this, none of which could give you a guide of how he's going. He's, you know, he's just trucked along and done his own thing. Um, but the big thing for this horse is he looks to have a bit of, you know, a bit of an upward spiral. He looks to have a bit of potential. And from gate six for Mickey D, he looks like he's going to get pretty much complete control of the race. Uh, Paddy Payne's stable going pretty well at the moment too. So I think we kind of have both ends of the race covered here. You've got Move for Leg on the up resuming, but, you know, certainly got plenty of miles in the legs through those trials and jump outs. He's going to be up on speed. Uh, he could be hard to run down. And then you've got this Star Vega. He's going through the grades. He'll be off speed. Uh, I think he'll be the one running move for Lex down. So hopefully we have all bases covered there in a pretty confident two-bet play with numbers 7 and 10. So 7 and 10, two-bet play into the 7th. Now let's go down to the 10th, the lucky last. It's the sports bet get on extra handicap. It's over 1,400 metres. It's a benchmark 84. And just as you were giving your analysis there of the 7th, I just sort of flicked down to race 10 and a little bit of a shudder. There's a few favourites, both for positive and negative reasons in this race, I see. You've got your old mate Poland, oh. Shelkington oh. Road, ton of grits. there, even though Poland's yeah. moved on to another stable. A ton of grits there. Um, what else was there? But anyway, there's a few, yeah, there's a few... Yeah, well, I tell, anyway, I tell you a few memories. Yeah, Sandy Prince, I think there's the meeting at Mooney Valley. He's going around here, the meeting at Mooney Valley before Christmas. I think I got about four, four to five dollars anyway about him. He was backed off the map. This is probably a sign of how I'm going. He was backed into about two dollars fifty um, to start favourite in that race, Mooney Valley. He got caught three wide with cover. He was gone at the four hundred and ran about ten lengths last. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sum up the punt. I don't know what that will certainly summed it up for me recently. So, yes, you're right. There are a few old friends here. Elkington Road as well. He was terrible last <laughs> Um Poland was actually pretty good um, behind that uh, very good South Australian horse in Sharipa. Um, and also we've got Brung King, who's flying. Yes. So it's quite an interesting race. Uh, there's a big boom on Jimmy Starr. He's won both races impressively on not sure either race has been super strong, but he's done what he had to do. And he got all the favours up the inside when he won at Bendigo. And then at Cranbourne, he was caught wide. Uh, it was still quite a strong win. So he can certainly, he's, and he's jumped out and trialled well leading into this. Uh, so he certainly understand why he's favourite, but he's very short. I think there's a good bet here to beat him. And that is number seven, Who Dares. Uh, Look, speaking of horses who have tested the patience, he's another of them that uh, you know has often been pretty firm in the market but hasn't made winning a regular habit. I get the feeling he might have turned the corner with his last couple. Uh, he seems to be enjoying having his races spaced. Uh, he won, he ran well behind Sisterhood at you know, three starts back, and then it was quite a dominant win uh, at Sandown Lakeside over the fourteen hundred. He was in a gap between runs into the Chester Manifold where he was. Really brave behind not an option. That was a fast run, 1,400 metre race. Uh, so perhaps that's why the bit of a gap in runs as well is uh, to recover from that. Uh, look, he's, he's always been a horse that's had a lot of ability. He just hasn't always, as his winning strike rate suggests, he's just struggled to get over the line. I think the key here is he gets Damien Lane on board. We talk about Luke Curry being informal. Luke Curry's informed. Damien Lane's something above informed. He's just absolutely... Airborne at the moment. Uh, look, I think he'll come across from that middle to wide gate. He'll probably land up outside the speed. 
Uh, from that position, he's going to be in front of Jimmy Starr in the run. Uh, and with that hard 1,400-metre run under the belt, he's just got that little fitness edge. He's got the informed Damien Lane, and it's a fairly big price discrepancy. He's come up around four times the price of Jimmy Starr. Uh, I'm happy to take the pun on who dares. I just think those last two runs, it's been a sign he might have turned the corner and uh, he might be starting to put together some of that potential. And with Damien Lane on board, I think a good price around the 8 to $9 mark. He's a good bet in the last to roll the favourites in, uh, yeah, a race with a few of our old friends. Yeah, so race 10, it's number 7, Who Dares? So recapping, we are on race 1, number 4, Excommunicado. Race 7, it's a 2-bet play, 7, Star Vega and 10, Move for Lex. And then race 10, the lucky last, we are on horse 7, Who Dares? What's the best? I think we get it early. I think this Excommunicado is a pretty nice horse. Uh, I think she had a fair bit in the locker last start at Mornington. If she was challenged, she might have... um, she might have extended to win by even further. So I think she can jump on the bunny in the first and be hard to run down. We'll make her the best race one, number four, Excommunicado. So Excommunicado is the best on the program. So we get the money nice and early. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the segment, puntingbaron.com.au, subscriptions open. Again, another big year of racing is upon us. We just touched on the fact that for the carnival across Victoria, pretty much from next week with the, the All Stakes Group 1 racing all the way through to the All Star Mile. So a lot of racing coming up, a really good time. And traditionally, it's always been, I know we've been talking about the, uh, the lean trot you've had across January, but traditionally it's this period of time where uh, you've always had a pretty good period. So uh, it's probably not a bad time if you want to jump on board and subscribe. And as I said at the top of the segment as well, outstanding value for money. Yes, exactly right. It generally is a pretty good time of the year. And as you said, big racing coming up, plenty of Group 1 racing in Victoria. Obviously, the Sydney Carnival ramps up as well, so we'll start to have a few bets up there again. Uh, there's always a fair few country cups going on as well, as is the norm around uh, around Victoria at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, we'll kind of... Yeah, we've kind of started through January, so we'll ramp things up in February. Uh, great time to jump on board. Uh, subscription starts from just six dollars a week, so a very cheap option. Or the best value is simply sign up for the whole year. That's just one hundred and fifty nine ninety five. That works out to be around three dollars a week. So you can go to punningbaron.com.au and check all of that out. Yeah, jump onto the website, see what it's all about. Become a Baron today. Hopefully, some winners this weekend to kick off what will be a very profitable February. Shane, as always, great to catch up. Great to be back on board for 2024. Very much looking forward to the next 12 months ahead. And for this weekend, let's kick it off with a bang. And hopefully, we've helped the punters find a few winners. Good to be back, mate. Thanks for that. Have a great weekend. Cheers. You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. 